Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Building HVAC Science Podcast. We're out here while we're in here, but we're out there too, trying to create better, more knowledgeable HVAC and building performance technicians by helping the two professions better understand each other with the ultimate goal, making customers happy in the homes they live in and the buildings they work in. And happiness comes in a lot of different ways. Eric Kaiser and I had a great conversation with Cindy Zeiss of Performance Systems Development. It's a link to her company in the show notes. And that's a company who has a tagline, Moving Energy Efficiency Forward, with a description for their company as combining building science with technology to help companies, utility companies, program implementers, and building performance professionals achieve energy savings. Very noble job, very noble motive. Now, this whole conversation was spurred by a post that Cindy made on LinkedIn about electrification programs and the need to get our priorities straight. There's a link to that post in the show notes, and I'm going to quote you the one paragraph that really got my attention. These are Cindy's words. In light of recent developments, such as the Inflation Reduction Act and other funding opportunities to promote installation of heat pumps and other energy-efficient technologies, it's essential to emphasize the importance of considering a building as a holistic system. It's important to highlight the critical role of the building envelope in energy-efficient components such as lighting in minimizing the energy loads before sizing mechanical equipment. And it's also important to incorporate third-party verification for both building and mechanical system performance. Let's get into this discussion with Eric Kaiser, myself, and Cindy Zeiss talking about thoughts on the push for heat pumps and the accompanying funds for electrification. Today, on my left, I have my co-host, Eric Kaiser. How are you doing, Eric? Good, Bill. Good. And on my right, virtually on the screen, I have Cindy Zeiss. Good afternoon, Cindy. How are you doing, Bill? Hey, Eric. Good. Thanks for joining us. And this podcast came because Cindy did a really interesting, thought-provoking post, LinkedIn, And I said, wow, I'd like to hear more about that. And why don't you come on the podcast? And she said, yes. So here we are. But first, Cindy, why don't you give us some background on how you got to the point where you're posting on LinkedIn? Oh, boy, (laughs) what a long road this has been. Yeah, I'll try to stick to the relevant items. But as it comes to the construction industry and all this building science stuff, I was first a builder. I worked in affordable housing. I did disaster relief. I've worked... A lot of different aspects of housing markets, worked a lot of utilizing public funding for different things, and got into the HERS ratings or the building science end of it as a builder, wanting to do better, wanting to utilize Energy Star programs and other lead and whatnot to try to get some rebate money so that we could build better affordable housing and go from there. And then, I don't know, you know how careers go, career trajectories go, got out of the building end of it and went straight into the HERS ratings as doing mostly code compliance, stuff like that. And here I am with PSD as the senior technical specialist, as we sit here today, and we work across a number of different of our parts of our company. I primarily manage the provider group, which is HERS Raiders, ResNet HERS Raiders, work with utility programs and whatnot, stand-up new programs. So to wrap it up, that's about what got me here today and what got me to LinkedIn and here with you guys. Very good. Could you explain for our audience 
PST, Performance Systems Development. Yeah, absolutely. So we're a consulting company. We have a lot of different divisions. We have a codes division where we work with different states and municipalities to help them develop codes, help code enforcement, decipher some of these codes, the energy codes and whatnot, engineering division that develops software, different solutions through those avenues, the rating and training provider, which is where I'm heavily handed in, HERS ratings, HERS H2O. We are a third-party provider, which means we don't perform ratings. We're just out there doing QA, QA for weatherization programs, new homes programs, you name it. We'd like to take a good holistic approach into things and try to hit the industry as, as good as we can and make a difference. Awesome. Before I forget, the best way if someone wants to reach PSD or you is which way? Uh, you can go to our website, psdconsulting.com, or you can reach out to me, czice at psdconsulting.com. Eric, any questions come to your mind for you? <laughs> I was very interested to learn about PSD. So I went online and did a little searching for Cindy before the show here and, and found PSD and was reading a little bit more about them. They've got a pretty wide breadth of services. They cover a lot of ground there. How long have you been with the company? I've been with the company for going on five years now, but we have people that have been there for 20, 25 years or 25th anniversary this year, actually. So it looks like you serve mostly the Northeast or the whole country or? We have a heavy concentration in the Northeast, but we certainly hit that band across, I call it, we hit the jet stream across over to Wisconsin and whatnot. We do have some Southern states that we have some folks in that we help out, but primarily that band from the Northeast through Wisconsin, Colorado area. Very nice. To dig into that LinkedIn post, uh, and I'll make sure to put a, a link to the post in the show notes. So electrification programs, getting our priorities straight with an exclamation point. You sound impassioned here. <laughs> I kind of am, Bill. And I know that I ended that post with little Hippocrates there, which is first do no harm. We're at a great time in the industry right now where we have so much funding and so much that we can do and such good work that we can do out there. And just like I've seen in disaster relief and other areas that when you have that much money flooding in, sometimes people can get quick on the draw and really get out there and they want to do good things. And I love that. I think we should do more of that. And there are wonderful things happening in the industry. And I don't want to say that there's not, but sometimes we need to be able to take that step back. We need to be able to slow ourselves down for a minute and say, hey, what are we doing here? New construction's one thing. We have things going there already with codes and whatnot. But if we start funding or we start looking at existing homes, what do we need to do first? You know, even if it is new construction, you know, we've got to deal with that envelope. We've got to deal with the appliances and whatnot. If we don't build a good foundation, if you will, I guess, make sure that the envelope and all of the heat loss and gains, try to manage all that first before we go sizing the system. And that's another thing that we've been talking about in the industry for a long time is trying to get these system sized properly, which gets more critical, the better we build the envelope and the better we do our jobs in other areas and take this nice holistic approach with construction and rehabs and whatever we're doing out there. Now we really need to do that. And it becomes more and more important to do that right. And as a HERS reader out there, I found myself, I had to go get certified so that I could do manual JDNS because people just weren't doing them. And these are installers and these are people that are designing systems to go in homes. And I think we need to do better with that. We need to get 
everybody working together and talking to each other and get this thing right. I think you're preaching to the choir here. <laughs> I think the choir is gaining members too. There's a lot of activities that are going on that I see now, something called the Heat Pump Summit that's coming up in California shortly. There's a lot of webinars being done by Measure Quick, just talking about heat pumps and proper installation. Did this post generate any additional feedback or engagement when you did that? I was really impressed with the feedback from the post, actually, from multiple different areas. Some folks that are HVAC contractors or design professionals, some other design professionals that are designing the structures and whatnot. And I think that's great. I think you're right. The choir is getting bigger and I'm happy for that. Sometimes I think, oh, we're on LinkedIn and we have a lot of people that are engaging and maybe we're just this one group out here that's really wanting to do all this good stuff. But I do love that there's more and more training out there and there's more webinars happening to get the word out to people that we do all want to work together. Let's all play together. We're all in the same focus and we want to do the right thing. And I think it's great. And I did get some pretty good feedback on it. And I was very happy that you invited me here as well. So thank you. We appreciate you coming on. And it really resonated with me when I saw that. And I've seen it before. Bill sent it to me again today before the show. And I have to agree with you. It's very telling that we need, or it's very important that we have to all work together because everything works as a system. The houses or buildings, whatever, they're a giant system. And if we mess up on one piece of that system, the whole thing becomes out of whack. It's like having a bad gear in a watch. It looks really nice, but it's not going to work very well if one gear goes bad in that watch. And oftentimes that gear is the HVAC system or is the insulation or something like that or the combination thereof. And it really resonated with me. Are you seeing a lot more contractors interested from the building side? From my perspective, I see a lot of builders or homeowners even not knowing who to call, what to do if they have problems or where to go or even to where to start sometimes. Are you seeing a change in that in the industry, you think? I think we are seeing some changes. Sometimes that's geographically specific. Maybe there's some programs or something going on that getting the word out a little bit better in different ways. But I think there's still a struggle. There's still a struggle among trades, just trying to go into a pre-drywall and look around things and see that this trade's not talking to the other trade. So I don't think the word gets out to the actual occupants and homeowners very well. I think builders are still lost with what they need to do. And that's when I was in my role as a HERS Raider, I felt like I was that person trying to pull things together. Like, here, design professional, here, contractor, here, framer and plumber and all these people trying to bring them together into one conversation to say, this is the thing that we need to build. This is how it needs to act and interact with itself and the environment. And this is what we need to do as individuals and know and, and spending hours and hours with insulators and air sealers plumbers and other people out there just trying to say, this is what this thing needs to look at before we put that drywall up. Like, there's a long way to go with a lot of this, I believe, even though we've come a long way. I started doing this about 2007, and I know a lot more today than I knew back then, for sure. I learned by my mistakes. And I think that's another thing that we can do better, too, is going, we make mistakes. We are people out here. We're going to make mistakes and we need to learn from them and learn from each other's mistakes as much as we can. 
hopefully I'm not going off the rails here too much. No, you're engaged in a lot of things. We are engaged in a lot of things. Is there like a missing ingredient? Anything you can think of along those lines? I don't know what that one thing would be to bring this all together. If you guys have ideas, I'm open to it as well. For a period of time, there was a BPI had an industry engagement, industry roundtable. And I think I'm the longest standing member on the committee because <laughs> the big companies kept on sending people in and out and there's all kinds of continuity issues. But one thing in one of the meetings, I was just like, it was around a 4th of July. I said, everybody here gets it that's on this call. When you go to your 4th of July party, when you have your backyard barbecue, start the conversation with your relative and try to get their feedback on how they connect with these important things. Is it a lack of information, a lack of understanding of basic science? I don't care. I think growing the body of consumers who want this will cause professionals to do more of this. This is on the market rate side, put it that way. Because I think on the public benefit, the public facing side, programs understand this. The weatherization programs, state energy offices understand this, and they can dole things out because they understand it. But on the market rate side, and maybe that's what we're talking about, is there a missing segment on the market rate side? I think in some ways, with people having more conversations and more awareness around whatever gets them to where they're at, whether it was, oh, I learned more about ventilation because of the whole COVID thing, or I learned more about how people can get sick from mold and stuff because my kid got sick, or different things that happen to people out there. That, and the engagement, we have more and more engagement now with social media and whatnot that people can share these things. So I do think that the momentum is growing there as far as people learning and understanding. I don't think that people have a general building science idea about how their houses work and what can happen when they don't work well. So I do think that we could do a lot better from the consumer end of things to try to get people to understand the house as a system as we've been talking about it for a long time. And another thought here, and this goes back a while, just triggered with me when you said mold and kids getting sick. It's just like, forget about the next generation. Create a building science coloring book. And let's skip ahead. <laughs> generation coming up behind. There you go. Yeah. A superhero for building science. There you go. Perfect. That's an interesting idea. And, and it ties in with something I've been looking around for. In the HVAC world, we have a lot of education through a national trainers conference where we bring together a lot of HVAC trainers once a year. They get to have continuing education around the industry and they learn something. And I have looked high and low. I've searched for this, but I cannot find anything like this in the building trades community. I've reached out to a couple of building trades instructors in like the high school level where a lot of people that do the framing and the core building of a house and of a structure start to get their education. And nobody's doing anything like that. Nobody's bringing these trainers together at the same level and saying, here's new things that you can learn about. Here's new things to take into your program. Here's why you want to do this. And I told this story a couple of times. I'm involved with a local program and they have a building trades program and they have a high school HVAC program as well. And the HVAC instructor contacted me and said, hey, can you come out and look at this house with me and design a duct system? And I said, do you have prints? He said, yeah, but the house is already built. And I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> whoa, 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 we built a house, but we don't know how we're going to condition it afterwards. Why did we not think about this 
at the start when those prints were first drawn up so that we could consider how we're going to run the ducks, where we're going to run the ducks, because there was considerations that had to be met and design features that had to be met with the routing of the duck system. And I think that's an important piece that is often overlooked in the design phase with a lot of houses that get built today. I'm still looking for that ingredient, that piece where we can start getting that education into people's heads sooner so they don't have to keep going and learning from their own mistakes. They can then come together as a community, learn from each other's mistakes, and we get better people starting out in the beginning. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with that. And something that came into my mind while you were saying all that is we tend to operate in silos. So we have different communities. We have the plumbers who might meet up in their conferences and whatnot. And we have different trainers, like you're saying, training different aspects of the building, but we're not getting that interstitial piece, if you will. How do we bridge those together? The foundation person needs to understand that we need to have different breaks. Where do these things connect? And wherever they connect, that's where we really need, I believe, to try to hit a little bit more on the education end of things. And whether that's getting out there and physically showing people how these pieces need to connect together and what makes a thermal bridge and why leaving that hole behind is a big deal in this location. I think we're really hitting on something here as far as these places where we might need to do a little bit more education or collaboration, if you will. Yeah, reaching across those silos and and touching each other. I like that thought process. That's a good one, for sure. There's a dystopian TV series on Apple TV called The Silo. Let's not bring that up. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We won't bring that up. But why don't we shift a little bit to technology? Because just before we started, you leaned over and we saw something behind you in your camera image. Are you a technology geek? What's going on with that? Describe what that is. Are you talking about the drain water heat recovery? Yeah. And like, why is it there? People can't see it, but describe it and why it's there. Yeah. So it's a big piece of copper piping that has another copper pipe wrapped around it. Basically, you take your drain water that comes out of your tub or other locations. Just It just takes place of a small length of PVC in the drain and you recover the heat from your drain water. That's a pretty cool little system. You gain some points in the building model for it, for people out there trying to meet codes in different programs. It's a good place to capture back a little bit of that energy. I would love to see more done with other waste heat recovery in homes and other buildings as well. But it's a pretty cool little piece of equipment. It's really very simple. I mean, it's just got two PEX attachments to it. The Cold water runs around on the outside, moving upward while the hot water from the tub or whatever is coming down through. And it it's a heat exchanger, basically a very simple heat exchanger. Helical heat exchanger wrapped around a drain pipe. Very interesting. Have you put one of those in? I have. Yeah. So back in my affordable housing days, we had some folks who gave us some and said, here, put these in these houses. And we weren't sure. We scratched our head and looked at it. And I looked at it with the plumber and we're like, I don't know what this thing does. So we looked it up and we attached them. And I think I could have done better with trying to see, do some work with seeing how much it might have saved. But I thought they were pretty cool back then. And they're getting out there more and more today as well. So kind of like I saw them in Home Depot. Oh, great. And that's one of those devices that's passive. Once you put it in, it's just there. It really doesn't require any maintenance. You don't have to do anything to it. 
unless it finally wears out, which it might wear out after 50 or 75 years or something like that, but it just sits there. There's nothing else to do to it, right? Oh, yeah. There's no extra pumps. There's no extra electricity or anything that we're going to be running in order to use it. It is absolutely passive. Yeah. So the exit from the helix goes into the water heater? You can do it a couple different ways. You can have it go back to the water heater. You can actually have it tied right to mix into the hot or cold water going to the fixture itself. From a manifold. Yeah. Got it. Hmm. Interesting. Any other passive tricks you got up your sleeve? that I can really think of in this moment. Nothing sitting around. How about things like solar shading? When I was building my house, really had no idea what that was until I started to ask questions. And I do see a definite benefit from that. Have you ever worked on that in like a retrofit mode or new construction mode? Oh, new construction. I mean, certainly making sure that sometimes utilizing wider eaves and things like that. You're talking about permanently installed type Yes. Passive. They're just there. They work against nature or work with or against nature. Yeah. And I get to work with some pretty cool buildings during my run as a HERS Raider. And even some of the more modern style, those wing walls that come out on the sides of the deck rather than just having an open balcony, like things like that. They're more and more louvered type installations that we're seeing at or near windows. So there's some pretty neat things out there, but just taking advantage of maybe a little wider eave. Maybe instead of eight inches, we can go out a foot or two. Where would builders go to learn that? Is it like any trade shows, resources, things like that that you've encountered? you like to share things that are your favorite resources? They could certainly come to places like the ResNet Conference and stuff. I'd like to see a whole lot more people coming to places like that rather than just Like you said, we get together and it's preaching to the choir kind of thing. Let's mix it up. We do get people in there. We get some builders that are already doing this stuff. They're interested in it. I don't know. I think getting around even ourselves to different trades and shows and stuff like that, I guess, could be helpful. You mentioned HERS H2O. You've done those kind of ratings too? Yeah, we have raters that are in our provider group that do the HERS H2O. Could you describe that a little bit? I'm familiar with it from doing the Res Talk podcast, but For Eric's sake and our listeners' sake, can you talk about what HERS H2O is a little bit? So HERS H2O is really about efficiency with your water system. So if you're going to use like irrigation, things like that, we want to make sure that we look at that stuff and see how much water you're utilizing. In some areas, they're doing this a little bit more than others. Drought, more areas that might see more drought type situations, uh, Southwest, places like that. But we do see some of it in the areas that we serve as well, more and more people maybe making segue from the WaterSense program into HERS H2O and HVAC grading as well. So we have a couple different programs that have tied on to this whole HERS rating deal that have really started to catch on in some areas more than others. Will you have the chance to go to the ResNet conference this fall? Yeah. Going to see you guys there? Yeah. Absolutely. You will see us there, both of us there. (laughs) Cindy, what other advice would you have for somebody, say, new trying to get into the ratings or really wanting to do a better job with buildings or with HVAC, what are some things that they could do and what are some places that they can go to learn about those things? I happen to be the vice president of the Northeast HERS Alliance, which is an alliance of different groups that come together, different people that come together for the good of the whole. We're currently working on embodied carbon standards and things like that. And we have different groups that come to, like we have a standards committee, we have a codes committee, where we have a number of different people that can come together in that way. So if you're a builder, you're a code official, you're 
a manufacturer of a product, we certainly would be open to people coming in and collaborating, getting to know more about all of this building science and things that we can do better. There's a lot of it. When we start breaking down all the little subsystems, I'll say, of a house or of a building, there's a lot to it. And it starts to become really, really complicated. And I think that's one reason why we tend to stay more siloed is because we want to be specialists in one thing. But if there's anything I've learned in my career, it's you need to know a little bit about a lot of things in order to succeed good in one thing, especially if it contacts a lot of stuff around you. I like to see that type of an organization that speaks to me as somebody that likes to go learn about a lot of things. Yeah, and it's nice. And we we have competing companies that sit together. It's a strange and wonderful thing that we can do that. We can put down the sword a little bit and say, hey, listen, come together for the common good. One thing that popped into my mind when you were just talking about what you were talking about is that project managers. When I was out there and I was the builder and I was managing my projects and I'm running around and I'm getting permit and I'm going out to the doing framing and plumbing and everything that needs to happen, I think project managers would have be a real good key person to make sure they understand. And I've been very impressed lately. I got to go on a couple sites recently where the project managers were so in tune with the system and they got it. And I had to stop and just mention it to them and say, it is so wonderful to see somebody sitting here as a project manager. And they were so proud to take me to the plans and show me the different things that they were working on. And I wish I could see more of that. I think getting more project managers out there and and making sure that they understand how and why these systems need to work together and what we need to do and see in each of these siloed, skilled trades that are out there doing their thing. And we can't expect the framer to know everything about building science. That's not the expectation, but the expectation would be to learn enough so that you don't mess up the next guy's work. That's why the electrician always wants to get in before the plumber because they want to make the holes first and whatnot. Yeah, there's the BPI has the building science principles, I believe, BSP certificate and also healthy housing. They sort of marry hand in hand and heavy technician level, more at that awareness level. So you can have the conversations and respect the other trades, that kind of thing. I think more engagement with those certificates. Any listeners are out there, check it out. I will put links in the show notes for that. Those are two really critical things you can do to help change people's perspectives. Yeah. I love the BPI. It's hard to change a lot of the people's perspectives in the field because they see what they see. And a lot of times they don't get to step back and see that bigger picture. When you're the plumber or you're the electrician or you're the HVAC person out there, you got your own set of problems to deal with. And that's a difficult thing for that person sometimes to step back and say, hey, let's look at this bigger picture. What can I do to work with this? Because ultimately we're there to serve the customer and give the customer a finished product that they're comfortable in, they're healthy in, and it lasts a long time for them, hopefully. Yeah. I was just writing down a note here, talk towards the benefits. This isn't just more work. This is talk towards the benefits. Any other benefits you might add to that, Cindy? When you say that, talk to the benefits, that's like sales 101. Went back, I was in the automotive industry for a while and I hit the sales floor for a while and they're just like, don't down the competitors, sell you, sell your benefits, sell what we have and not what the other person doesn't have. And I think we do need to speak to the benefits. And truthfully, even when I look at the codes, like I just wrote up another thing not too long ago about how the IECC is more than an energy code, it's a health and safety code. 
we really need to see these just as critical as our fire codes and other codes that are out there helping to keep the occupants safe in their homes. Health is a safety concern. We want people to be healthy in their homes as well as safe. And I think I've gone off the rail a little bit as to what your question was. So I apologize for that. No, that's quite all right. That's what we do. Yeah. (laughs) Bill and I have been known to go down squirrel holes or rabbit holes or whatever holes we can find that are just. (laughs) In summary, I mean, I'm definitely going to put a link to your blog post there. What do you sort of want to leave our listeners thinking about and maybe one thing to think about in one step of action? One thing to think about. I think the one thing to think about is what is your role in this, whatever it is, whatever role the listener plays out there, whether in the industry or as a just somebody that lives in a home or whatever, like what are your touch points? What are the things that you can touch? If I'm a tradesperson, if I'm a, I'll just say plumber or whatever, what are the other items that I touch in a day and what can I learn about them and what can I learn about this whole why we do the things that we do in building science, but an action. I'll give you one. Okay, good. I think she just hit on it right there with go learn something about the things you touch and what they do a little bit and how you affect them and how they affect you. And I would say going back to that 4th of July barbecue idea is think about the fact you can have multiple roles. You may not just have a singular role. It may be in front of a different person, a different audience, a different group. You have a different role. Take that on. Take that challenge on. Become active. For sure. I agree. Great point. Really cool. And realize we're all in this together. And if one boat rises, they all rise together if the water level comes up. Yes. That is the thing right there. It's like when one person is elevated, if I think of my team, I want my team to be better than me. Let's elevate the whole team, not just, oh, it's all about me. It's all about one person or one thing. That when we do this thing and we work together, that you're right. Everybody rises up and we can all prosper and do well and be healthy. Excellent. Thank you for all that, Cindy. And we covered earlier the way to reach you and to reach your company, PSD, Performance Systems Development. Say hello to my friends over there. (laughs) Haven't seen them for a while, but I'll see them in November, I'm sure. All right. Sounds great. Thank you so much. Thanks, Cindy. I want to thank you for listening in to this episode of the Building HVAC Science Podcast. If that's where you didn't know you were already, and our conversation Eric and I had with Cindy Zeiss of PSD, Performance Systems Development, consulting company in Ithaca, New York, and her thoughts, and actually our thoughts, on the push for heat pumps and the accompanying funding for electrification. There's a lot of great trade-related resources and influences out there, including homediagnosis.tv, AC Service Tech, MeasureQuick, HVAC Checks, The Misfits of HVAC, the HVAC8, Grapevine, HVACR School, HVAC Shop Talk, Stephen Reardon, HVAC Reefer Guy, Tool Pros, Service Business Mastery, Quality HVAC, HVAC Overtime, and HVACR Videos. Wow, that's a mouthful. I wish I could give you like an audio QR code that you could just click on my voice and get all those links in that. Okay, I'm drifting here. If after listening to this, you like it, like what you heard today and you've not subscribed to the podcast, please consider doing so by typing Building HVAC Science into your search bar, your podcast app, and clicking surprise. So, uh, clicking, that's a surprise for me to say subscribe. Let's leave that in there because I'm just feeling really silly at the moment. 
But seriously, the Building HVAC Science Podcast is a production of True Tech Tools Limited. In full disclosure, I'm a co-owner of True Tech, and the opinions voiced are those of my guests or myself, depending on who's speaking, of course. And if you're in the market for some tools or test instruments mentioned in our podcast, or just in general in the course of your work in HVAC or building performance, take a look at truetechtools.com. You can also use the offer code HVACBS for a nice discount. I want to thank you again for listening in to the Building HVAC Science Podcast, and we look forward to having you back again to hear more about our thoughts on all these great topics in building science and HVAC. Take care.